Okay, welcome again to this session. So uh, in this session, I'll talk about, uh, you know, uh, the when your staff don't actually have that uh, respect or when they don't feel respected from their boss, it affects what they do. And this also goes down to uh, you, whatever person on a personal level. If the person you're interacting with or you are in a relationship with or you are doing business or a partnership with, if they don't feel respected by you, it affects every other thing they do. They can give you the respect that you deserve, but if they don't feel that they are getting it back, it affects every other thing. It affects the way they, they do business with you. It affects the, the kind of uh, return that they want to give to you. It affects the way they also you know, reciprocate and give you back your respect. Of course, uh, because of courtesy, people might be, you know, be in a position whereby they can't deny you your respect you know they have to respect you you know because of courtesy or out of courtesy or maybe given your position in an environment or in a society or in a business in a company they are under you know obligation to respect you but when you don't return it when you don't give it back to them it has a way of encroaching on your own success it has the way of encroaching on your own happiness which is something you might not really be able to tell just from physically seeing it, but it's something that you feel. Because when people are afraid of you, for example, you know, maybe as a boss, your staffs are afraid of you, it affects their productivity. It affects their productivity in a great way. Because uh, it will be difficult for them to be the kind of people that you want to relate with. Be difficult for them to advise you even when they know you are going wrong uh, even when they try to advise you you shun them and so they are very scared of you and they don't have that confidence to deal with you they don't have the confidence to walk around you of course they are your stars of course they respect you of course they will do what you want them to do of course they will be in meetings with you of course they will say what you want them to say or what you want to hear they will tell you but they are not confident around you they are not free around you they have to they feel the obligation that they must show their respect they always have to be respectful they always have to be careful around you not to mess up you don't give room for that failure you don't give room for you know for them to play around and have you know a little bit of free hand for them to be able to express themselves in ways that can become eventually productive because let's face it not everything that is successful started as being successful a lot of ideas that become, you know, uh, multi-billion dollar ideas started as something that people ridiculed, something that people thought was useless, something that people thought that didn't, it didn't make sense, you know, but eventually those things turned around to become, you know, very big ideas. Look, take for example, Tesla, when Tesla was, uh, Elon Musk was to go into the Tesla business, which is a uh, electric car business. It wasn't well accepted. People didn't think it was going to work. You know, some people didn't invest. Some people didn't even, you know, support the business at the time. People that would have been worth millions right now, maybe even billions, they didn't support the business. They didn't invest in the business because they didn't trust it. They didn't believe it to work. They thought it was something that, you know, it was a joke. I mean, uh, if electric car has not been done in years or centuries, I mean, the ones that we are done, that we are produced or manufactured, they didn't do as well. So how does this guy think that he's going to eventually now make it cool 
and make it smart and smart, you know, uh, very acceptable in the community, or, you know, or in the market. How would the stuff with the story shares do and things like that? So people really, really believe in the model. They don't believe in the business. Now, for that reason, a lot of people failed out to invest in it when it was at a very good stage of investing. Of course, right now the, the shares are high, and if you buy into it, of course, it's still going up. You are still going to make money. But the initial guys that were supposed to make a lot of millions and probably billions right now didn't because they didn't believe in the idea. But right now, we all know what the story is. Tesla is like the biggest uh, electric car maker in the world right now. Of course, now other businesses, other car makers, automakers, the Mazdis, the uh, Volkswagen and the, and the rest of them, they are all beginning to you know, cycle around coming over now to... Uh, to doing electric cars because of the climate change issue that is being promoted, talking about how to reduce the carbon footprint and all of that. So a lot of people are beginning to see that the electric car is the future. And now they are beginning to model. A lot of cars even have been, you know, there are some versions or models of cars being cancelled so that they can move over to producing electric car. But right now Tesla is already far into it. And it's already a multi-billion dollar business. The Tesla founder, the uh, Elon Musk is already a billionaire, not just once, not just twice, but over a hundred times. So what I'm trying to say is that if your staff don't uh, have that room, that freeness to say what they want to say, to act with, of course, respectfully, it doesn't mean that they will play all the time. It doesn't mean that they, they will act in a foolish way all the time. But they have to feel that sense of respect, that sense of value. You know that their own thoughts, that their own uh, ideas, that their own vision is being valued, and so for that reason, they will have the confidence to share it. Because uh, one person idea does not make a business, <laughs> no matter how you spin it. You might be smart to have the idea to start a business, but your idea alone cannot make that business become, you know, a multi-billion-dollar business. No matter how smart you are, you can have the idea to invent something. But your idea alone will not take it to the level where it can become a global success. I mean, likes of Bill Gates and, you know, uh, Elon Musk and the rest of them, they didn't do it alone. I mean, it's obvious. You don't have to be told that. They didn't do it alone. They had to, you know, get people involved to do that business, to, uh, to, uh, to make those businesses work. And a lot of time they respected their opinion. Look at Steve Bannon and, and uh, Bill Gates. Two of them, a lot of times, two of them have different opinions for the same thing. But yet, it, the both of them worked. And Steve Bannon went on to become the CEO of Microsoft eventually. And, you know, he was like the, the last CEO before the, before the current one. And he did very well for himself. Even till today, they still don't have the same ideology. They still don't have the same opinions on the same thing. But... Bill Gates was smart enough to respect him, knowing that he also has his own angle to turn, and his own angle are not totally wrong. And that is why he went on to become successful to the point that Bill Gates had to even give him the leave the business to him when he was uh, retiring from the from the position. That's to tell you that not all ideas are smart from the onset, and not all uh, people will come out as being smart immediately. Not everything that someone says every time was going to be something that will ring a bell and you'll be like, oh, this person is smart. No. But that doesn't mean that you should not respect them. That doesn't mean that you should not value their input. That doesn't mean that you should throw them away. That doesn't mean that you should demean them. Because the more you try to demean them, the more you try to belittle them, the more you try to like holler at them and be like, oh, you say rubbish and all of that. You don't value them. You don't respect them. The more you do that, the more they 
will draw back into their shells and eventually when they now have that smart idea that is going to help the business when they now have that great idea that is going to turn over that is going to bring a great profit for the business they will still be you know withdrawing into their shell and so they will not say they will not provide that opinion they will not provide that support they will keep it to themselves because to them it's still going to sound just like the rest of the other ones have sounded and you are going to treat them the way you treated them the, 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 uh, you know, the other time you are going to you know like tell them how dumb they are and all of that and you know not value them and you know mock them and make them look even more shameful so for that reason they will keep it to themselves and it's going to in the long run harm the business so in essence what I'm trying to say is that you have to value those that work for you in essence what I'm trying to say is that all ideas are not great from the onset sometimes you don't have to believe in something to accept it and sometimes accepting something does not mean that you believe it i mean i know i'm spinning these things right now but uh there is a quote that uh a, you know a, a smart mind or an intelligent mind or a mind that is educated cannot uh, you know entertain something without actually accepting that thing so you can accept someone's opinion, but you don't uh, really, really agree with it. But you accept it. You can entertain the thought in your mind, but you don't really accept it. These are things I'm spinning. But I hope that you get the idea of what I'm trying to say here. It's about respecting other people's opinion. It's about giving respect to other people. Because when you respect other people, you give them that confidence. And that confidence eventually turns around to become a valuable asset for you, especially when it's in business, especially when they are working for you, especially when they are subordinate. Because when you don't give them that respect, when you don't feel make them feel valued, when they eventually have something that is going to add value to you, when they eventually have something that is going to be very profitable to you, they will feel like there's no need to give it to you. There's no need to tell it to you. There's no need to share it with you because you're not going to appreciate it anyway. So they keep it to themselves. And you would have lost out on that. You would have missed out of that because of the way you treated them initially. So it's all about respect. It's all about value. It's all about uh, making people feel great, making people feel good because people may not really remember you for what you gave them, but they remember you for what you, for how you made them feel. And when you make them feel good enough, they also want to, re, you know, reciprocate that gesture by also trying to make you feel good, by looking for things that will make you feel good and present them to you, looking for ideas that will make you look smart because you made them look smart, you make them feel great, you make them feel happy, you make them feel respected. They want to look for things also to reciprocate in order for you to also feel great about yourself, in order for you to also feel smart in front of your investors, in front of your colleagues, in front of your own managers, in front of your own supervisors. They want to look for those things and present it to you so that you can also look great and also feel happy. And of course, continue to appreciate them just as they appreciate you. That's what I'm just thinking right now. And I think it might be uh, valuable to someone that will listen to it. And uh, let me not make it very long, uh, but thank you for listening and see you in the next one. Okay, welcome again to this session. So uh, in this session, I'll talk about, uh, you know, uh, the when your staff don't actually have that uh, respect or when they don't feel respected from their boss, it affects what they do. And this also goes down to whatever person on a personal level. If the person you are interacting with or you are in a relationship with or you are doing business or a partnership with, if they don't feel respected by you, it affects every other thing they do. 
they can give you the respect that you deserve but if they don't feel that they are getting it back it affects every other thing it affects the way they they do business with you it affects the the kind of uh, return that they want to give to you it affects the way they also you know reciprocate and give you back your respect of course uh, because of courtesy people might be you know be in a position whereby they can't deny you your respect you know they have to respect you you know because of courtesy or out of courtesy or maybe given your position in an environment or in a society or in a business in a company they are under you know obligation to respect you but when you don't return it when you don't give it back to them it has a way of encroaching on your own success it has the way of encroaching on your own happiness which is something you might not really be able to tell just from physically seeing it, but it's something that you feel. Because when people are afraid of you, for example, you know, maybe as a boss, your staffs are afraid of you, it affects their productivity. It affects their productivity in a great way. Because uh, it will be difficult for them to be the kind of people that you want to relate with. It's difficult for them to advise you even when they know you are going wrong. Uh, even when they try to advise you, you shun them. And so they are very scared of you and they don't have that confidence to deal with you. They don't have the confidence to walk around you. Of course, they are your stars. Of course, they respect you. Of course, they will do what you want them to do. Of course, they will be in meetings with you. Of course, they will say what you want them to say or what you want to hear. They will tell you. But they are not confident around you. They are not free around you. They have to, they feel the obligation that they must show their respect. They always have to be respectful. They always have to be careful around you not to mess up. You don't give room for that failure. You don't give room for, you know, for them to play around and have, you know, a little bit of free hand for them to be able to express themselves in ways that can become eventually productive. Because let's face it, not everything that is successful started as being successful. A lot of ideas that become, you know, uh, multi-billion dollar ideas started as something that people ridiculed, something that people thought was useless, something that people thought that didn't, it didn't make sense, you know, but eventually those things turned around to become, you know, very big ideas. Look, take for example, Tesla, when Tesla was, uh, Elon Musk was to go into the Tesla business, which is a uh, electric car business. It wasn't well accepted. People didn't think it was going to work. You know, some people didn't invest. Some people didn't even, you know, support the business at the time. People that would have been worth millions right now, maybe even billions, they didn't support the business. They didn't invest in the business because they didn't trust it. They didn't believe it to work. They thought it was something that, you know, it was a joke. I mean, uh, if electric cars has not been done in years or centuries, I mean, the ones that we are done, that we are produced or manufactured, they didn't do as well. So how does this guy think that he's going to eventually now make it cool and make it smart and, smart, you know, uh, very acceptable in the community, or, you know, or in the market? How would the stuff, would the stuff, the shares do and things like that? So people didn't really believe in the model they don't believe in the business now for that reason a lot of people failed out to invest in it when it was at a very good stage of investing of course right now the, the shares are high and if you buy into it of course it's still going up you are still going to make money but the initial guys that were supposed to make a lot of millions and probably billions right now 
didn't because they didn't believe in the idea. But right now, we all know what the story is. Tesla is like the biggest uh, electric car maker in the world right now. Of course, now other businesses, other car makers, automakers, they made this, they made this uh, Volkswagen and the, and the rest of them, they are all beginning to you know, cycle around, coming over now to uh, to doing electric cars because of the climate change issue that is being promoted, talking about how to reduce the carbon footprint and all of that. So a lot of people are beginning to see that the electric car is the future. And now they are beginning to model. A lot of cars even have been, you know, there some versions or models of cars being cancelled so that they can move over to producing electric car. But right now, Tesla is already far into it. And it's already a multi-billion dollar business. The Tesla founder, the uh, Elon Musk is already a billionaire, not just once, not just twice, but over a hundred times. So what I'm trying to say is that if your staff don't uh, have that room, that freeness to say what they want to say, to act with, of course, respectfully, it doesn't mean that they will play all the time. It doesn't mean that they, they will act in a foolish way all the time. But they have to feel that sense of respect, that sense of value. You know that their own thoughts, that their own uh, ideas, that their own vision is being valued, and so for that reason, they will have the confidence to share it. Because uh, one person idea does not make a business, <laughs> no matter how you spin it. You might be smart to have the idea to start a business, but your idea alone cannot make that business become, you know, a multi-billion-dollar business. No matter how smart you are, you can have the idea to invent something. But your idea alone will not take it to the level where it can become a global success. I mean, likes of Bill Gates and you know uh, Elon Musk and the rest of them, they didn't do it alone. I mean, it's obvious. You don't have to be told that they didn't do it alone. They had to you know get people involved to do that business to uh, to make those businesses work. And a lot of time they respected their opinion. Look at Steve Bannon and and uh, Bill Gates. Two of them, a lot of times, two of them have different opinions for the same thing. But yet, it, the both of them worked. And Steve Bannon went on to become the CEO of Microsoft eventually. And, you know, he was like the, the last CEO before the, before the current one. And he did very well for himself. Even till today, they still don't have the same ideology. They still don't have the same opinions on the same thing. But... Bill Gates was smart enough to respect him, knowing that he also has his own angle to think, and his own angle are not totally wrong. And that is why he went on to become successful to the point that Bill Gates had to even give him the leave the business to him when he was uh, retiring from the from the position. That's to tell you that not all ideas are smart from the onset, and not all uh, people will come out as being smart immediately. Not everything that someone says every time is going to be something that will ring a bell and you'll be like, oh, this person is smart. No. But that doesn't mean that you should not respect them. That doesn't mean that you should not value their input. That doesn't mean that you should throw them away. That doesn't mean that you should demean them. Because the more you try to demean them, the more you try to belittle them, the more you try to like holler at them and be like, oh, you say rubbish and all of that. You don't value them. You don't respect them. The more you do that, the more they withdraw back into their shells. And eventually, when they now have that smart idea that is going to help the business, when they now have that great idea that is going to turn over, that is going to bring a great profit for the business, they will still be you know, withdrawing into their shell. And so they will not say it. They will not provide that opinion. They will not provide that support. They will keep it to themselves because to them, it's still going to sound 
just like the rest of the other ones have sounded and you are going to treat them the way you treated them the before the, the, uh, you know the other time you're going to you know like tell them how dumb they are and all of that and you know not value them and you know mock them and make them look even more shameful so for that reason they will keep it to themselves and it's going to in the long run harm the business so in essence what i'm trying to say is that you have to value those that work for you in essence what i'm trying to say is that all ideas are not great from the onset sometimes you don't have to believe in something to accept it and sometimes accepting something does not mean that you believe it i mean i know i'm spinning these things right now but uh there is a quote that uh, a, you know a, a smart mind or an intelligent mind or a mind that is educated cannot uh, you know entertain something without actually accepting that thing so you can accept someone's opinion, but you don't uh, really, really agree with it. But you accept it. You can entertain the thought in your mind, but you don't really accept it. These are things I'm spinning. But I hope that you get the idea of what I'm trying to say here. It's about respecting other people's opinion. It's about giving respect to other people. Because when you respect other people, you give them that confidence. And that confidence eventually turns around to become a valuable asset for you, especially when it's in business, especially when they are working for you, especially when they are subordinate. Because when you don't give them that respect, when you don't feel make them feel valued, when they eventually have something that is going to add value to you, when they eventually have something that is going to be very profitable to you, they will feel like, there's no need to give it to you. There's no need to tell it to you. There's no need to share it with you because you're not going to appreciate it anyway. So they keep it to themselves. And you would have lost out on that. You would have missed out of that because of the way you treated them initially. So it's all about respect. It's all about value. It's all about uh, making people feel great, making people feel good because people may not only remember you for what you gave them, but they remember you for, what you, for how you made them feel. And when you make them feel good enough, they also want to, you know, reciprocate that gesture by also trying to make you feel good, by looking for things that will make you feel good and present them to you, looking for ideas that will make you look smart because you made them look smart, make them feel great, you make them feel happy, you make them feel respected. They want to look for things also to reciprocate in order for you to also feel great about yourself, in order for you to also feel smart in front of your investors, in front of your colleagues, in front of your own managers, in front of your own supervisors. They want to look for those things and present it to you so that you can also look great and also feel happy. And of course, continue to appreciate them just as they appreciate you. That's what I'm just thinking right now. And I think it might be uh, valuable to someone that will listen to it. And uh, let me not make it very long, uh, but thank you for listening and see you in the next one. Hello and welcome again to this uh, episode. So this is a continuation on the business episode. So today I want to talk about something that uh, has to do with uh, an individual actually knowing what they know. I mean, sometimes uh, you might want to give an advice or talk about business or a particular deal. Um, if you are not vast in it, if you don't have experience in it, if you haven't, uh, you know, had to do something in that field, it might be difficult for you to give, you know, a comprehensive. Uh, you know statement or advice in that regard of course that doesn't take away the fact that i mean a lot of us learn these days by studying other people's uh experience studying other people's mistakes studying other people's life you know i mean and that's the beauty of internet today because you can have access to a mirage of books that has to do with every aspect of a business that you want to learn but the truth uh that i want to pick out here is that uh you only know as much as you know 
and you don't know what you don't know. You know, this, this can be a very jarring truth. You know, when someone is faced with a very critical situation that they have to make a decision. A lot of times you might gloss over the decision, you might gloss over the issue and, you know, try to fabricate, you know, an answer or a way out, you know, what we usually know as strategy, you know, like when you are confronted with a particular business decision that you have to make and you don't have enough information in your reserve, I mean, in your brain, in your experience bank, you don't have enough information to take that decision. But maybe because you are the boss, you know, and you feel like, okay, you have to do something. You feel like, okay, they are expecting you, they are looking up to you as the boss, that you are the know-it-all and you don't want to fail in that capacity. But the truth is that you only know as much as you know and you don't know what you don't know. And that is where, you know, where you start, you know, where you have to start thinking about relying on others. Uh, that is where we talk about, you know, outsourcing. That's when we talk about, you know, having to call upon others to help you fill out the space. And this is not me saying that you have to outsource everything you, you should do because you don't know it. Uh, you should outsource it. No. It means that there are times that you really have to really let the reins off so that someone else can take over, so that someone else can do a better job of what you cannot actually do at the moment. Of course, there are many ways to go around this, which is the fact that, uh, if you have a situation that you don't know much about, you can, you know, dive deep immediately and start learning about it. Start asking questions about this, you know, start trying to get yourself up to speed about that. But it depends on how immediate the, the decision is needed. It depends on how fast it is needed for you to make that decision. If it's a decision that needs to be made immediately or as soon as, I mean, the best option would be to rely on someone else. And that, that's where you start talking about how do you reach out to others. How do you look out for those who you think can fill out a space that you cannot? And that is where, you know, it becomes a critical issue when you are hiring in a job. You know, when you have a business and you are hiring, you usually don't hire those that you are better than. I mean, people do that mistake all the time, telling, thinking that, okay, man, because I own the job, I have to know everything about the job. And another person I'm hiring don't have to know as much. You know, I mean, people see that way, see that as a way of, you know, keeping people in check. Being like, okay, I'm the boss and I, I am the know-it-all in this case. I know much more than every other person in this cycle because they work for me. And of course, they also see that way that their boss knows everything. And so for that reason, they don't really have to stress themselves. They don't have to do enough, you know, do enough in trying to make more research to update their knowledge bank because they believe the boss knows everything. So whatever situation, whatever challenge they come across, they just have to let, it, let the boss know. And boss, you always have a, a solution to it. But I think it's a myopic way of looking at things because if you only hire those you are better than, that means your business or whatever you do will not actually grow more than you know. And when something is, you know, pegged around what you know alone, it becomes a problem because you only know as much. You only know as much as you know and you don't know what you don't know. So that means every other business might be doing very, very or far much better than yours, and you'll be worrying and thinking, why is mine not doing as much? But yours is not doing as much because the business relies on your experience alone. The business relies on your intelligence, on your knowledge alone, which is not sufficient. It can never be sufficient. Remember I said something in the previous episode when I talked about... Um, talked about that uh, one person idea of, of course it can start a business but it cannot take the business to a global level 
no matter how smart you think you are, no matter how smart you really are, you are really, really smart, your idea cannot take that business to, you know, to the biggest level that it can. Your idea has limits, your capacity has limits, your energy has limits, so you need others to help you push to get to where you want to go. Unless if you don't have a big aspiration to grow, if you don't have, uh, you know, a big plan or, you know, a projection to to you know to go global to become a very big force in uh, in that sector otherwise you need others so why am i talking about this i'm talking about this uh because i'm thinking those that are in uh you know like hiring people into a business it's very important that you look out for those not those that you actually know more than but those that know more than you that is the essence of bringing someone into a business cycle they have to know more than you do and you have to give them that space to express that knowledge that they know you have to give them that space to be that smart that they are supposed to be because if you are a know-it-all and someone actually knows it more than you but having read your own character having read your attitude the person might want to you know withhold that knowledge that they know that they, or that they have the person might want to play around your rules because i mean if that is what is going to make you happy Remember I talked about uh, your your staff or those that work for you or are in partnership with you being confident around you. I talked about in the previous episodes uh, those that work around you being confident around you to express themselves, uh, to be able to showcase their skills. Of course, they can play sometimes. Of course, they can air sometimes. They can mess up sometimes. But sometimes even in those mess up, you can get something great out of it. But, that is, but it doesn't mean that they should be all relaxed and goofy at all the times. But I'm trying to talk about that they should be confident around you. And so those you hire, when you hire, you hire those that are better than you. And you give them the chance, you give them the space, you give them the, you know, you leave them the range, the capacity to be able to exhibit that which you think they know, which is the reason why you hired them in the first place. I mean, it doesn't mean that you are going to leave the whole business to them and not know a damn shit about what is happening. No, it means that you are going to give them room, you know, to express the experience that they have. So that your business can go to a different level, you know, to a higher level than it was before you hired them. Because if someone that you hire is not coming to improve what you do, then I don't see the essence of you hiring the person. And some people, of course, have the good intention of coming to do a good job, a great job. But when they come and your method or your strategy of uh, governance, you know, managing your business doesn't give them that room. You know to express their experience it becomes a problem they might eventually start playing by your own you know calm rule within the rules and eventually they might not really live out their potentials so so it's important that you hire those that know more than you and you of course bring in those that can help you grow your enterprise you can't do it all alone you only know as much as you know you know you don't know what you don't know you have to understand that you have to let that sink into your brain you have to let that sink into your strategy and by that you'll be able to you know uh, be able to express yourself when you are employing people when you are hiring people looking for those that are smarter than you we have a lot of ceos out there that have expressed this same idea which i think is great and that is why i'm talking about it if you hire those you are better than then your business can only grow as much as you grow but if you hire those that are better than you of course you are already good at something now they are coming in with their own experience with their own capacity they are going to add to what you already know to what you can do already and that will become a double merger that can take your business you know to a greater level so when someone comes into your business it's expected that the business should grow it's expected that your business should have a spike you know there should be a change in something 
that shows that okay we have a new brain here we have a new capacity here that is making this business have a you know a new shape a new form you know the bottom line is you know increasing and stuff like that so it should reflect if it is not reflecting then there is something wrong i mean if you hire someone and there's no reflection there's no change there's no improvement there's nothing to show that okay we actually hired someone then there is something wrong so it's either you hire the wrong person or you're stifling their, their ability. You're not giving them the capacity to express their experience. Mark that word, express their experience. People have experience for a reason. People are hired with experience for a reason. And when they come over and they are not able to express that experience, then it doesn't make sense. It's at your own loss, you know. So it's important that you understand that fact and let it sink in. You know as much as you know. You don't know what you don't know. Allow other people that you employ that are better than you to express their experience. So this is what I have to say for this episode. And I I hope you really like it. And, um, you know, leave me, a, you know, see you in the next one. Thank you. Yeah, thank you again for joining me on uh, this episode. So in this episode, I want to talk about experience. Now, uh, we have this issue whereby a lot of companies put out adverts and... You know they put a you know a huge number of uh, years there that, th- that those are the kind of people that they want they need people that have maybe 10 years experience five years experience eight years experience 20 years experience and all of that and a lot of people out there looking for job obviously don't have this experience if they do have this experience they will be in the job already you know and those that have it might not be enough or might not be plenty so i'm saying this now because it's important that uh those that are hiring of course i know a lot of people just use this as a way to scheme you know to reduce the applicants but also those that are actually looking for the job are also meant to be smart on their own to understand that a lot of times these things are a way to filter out those that don't have the confidence these things are a way to filter out those that might not be able to you know deliver on the job because if they are not able to apply on the job already uh, even without having all the capacity but knowing that they can learn on the job or knowing that they can do something on the job to you know to impress those that have employed them then they might as well not need the job so but as an employer putting that kind of years there you should understand why you are doing that i know a lot of people just do it because maybe you know someone that was actually in a position someone that filled the position and then left it they want to hire someone that they think has the same amount of years. Maybe the person that filled, filled that position was like there for five years or six years or ten years. And then when they want to put out an advert, they will not be looking for someone with that same amount of years, maybe like five years or ten years. And uh, a lot of times, the amount of years are not really count. I mean, it's more for us to understand that someone might fill out a position for five years. And someone fill out the same position for 10 years somewhere else. And the person of 5 years might have more experience more than that person of 10 years. The person of 5 years might have more capacity, more capability more than the person of 10 years. It depends on what the person was doing within that 5 years. Someone might be there for 10 years and they are only doing a routine job that, you know, there is no improvement. They, don't, they didn't grow in their capacity. You know, they didn't solve much more higher, uh, you know, challenges. They were, you know piggy on a particular kind of job or a routine job so they might be there for 10 years good and fine they have the years and which is what people are looking for experience of 10 years but someone that was in the job for five years but was able to touch a you know different aspects of the job was able to deliver was able to you know grow themselves was able to solve different kind of challenges you know walk around bring different strategy that person 
is even much more better than the person that had 10 years experience. But because of the nature of the things is this, people just give the numbers. They want someone with 10 years experience. Of course, there are a lot of those that have 10 years experience, but they don't really have anything to offer. What they did in their past job was just routine job. You know, and someone that has just two years might actually have even much more experience in terms of skill more than the person that has 10 years. Now I know someone will say, okay, uh, you cannot really compare someone that has five years or two years with someone that has 10 years. I understand where you're coming from. And that is the fact that when someone has stayed so much, you know, so long in a particular position, you expect that they already know a lot of things about that position. You know, when someone has done a job for 10 years, you expect that they already have a lot more experience than the person that, you know, filled that same position for five years. And I understand why you why you may want to think like that, which is true, by the way, in a lot of cases. It's true. I agree with that. I accept that uh, ideology. But also, it's important that if you are employed, you know, looking for someone to employ to fill a position and you are looking for someone with 10 years experience, sometimes if you get someone with two years experience, but with enough experience within that two years, it might just be able to offset that 10 years that you're looking for. You know, because some, some jobs, for example, you might have someone that, let's say, worked as an engineer, you worked in the field, and then you have some another engineer that worked in the field somewhere else. Now, the amount of capacity, the, the capacity of job, the one that did maybe like five years in a particular company did, might be way, way more stressful, more engaging, you know, more tasking more than the one that uh, did the same job for 10 years. The one that did the job for 10 years might just be, maybe the person was even lucky, there were no more challenges in the job when he was there. The machines didn't break down, the lines didn't go off, everything worked as required, and the person did his 10 years there, he has 10 years experience. And someone that works in the company for five years, but they had a lot of challenges. Maybe they had they maybe they had to run a new line, you know, maybe they had to do a new setup somewhere else, replace certain machines, you know, make certain you know, different things that had to make the person improve on their skill, on their experience, to learn more, even on their own and to go on trainings. So that person seems to have a lot more experience, a lot more capacity and skill, more than the person that stayed for ten years. So what I'm saying is that when you start calculating or start basing experience on years, it's kind of faulty because amount of years doesn't totally say how experienced that person is. It doesn't totally say how skilled that person is. So it's important that if you are looking for someone that has 10 years experience, you should be matching that up with the skill. Someone that has 2 years experience might have enough skill as the person that has 10 years experience. So even if you are doing uh, 10 years experience, you should be willing to listen to those that have 2 years experience. Because maybe their skills might just be as matching as someone that has 10 years. And also for those that might be actually looking for the job and then they see such advert. It's important that you understand that sometimes also uh, recruiters or employers are looking for those that have the confidence. I mean, I've had a case whereby uh, someone applied for a job, they are looking for like five years experience and the guy was just, you know, not even up to that. I think he had just one year experience, which is not only an experience, more like an industrial training. But he applied for the job anyways. And when he got there and they'd be like, you saw the advert, it was five years experience. Why are you here? And he said, well, you already have my CV. You know, you know how much experience I do have. You know how many years I have behind me in terms of experience and yet you invited me. Why did he invite me? Of course, I'm not asking you the question why he invited me because if he invited me, that means he wanted to hear something from me. So, Give me the chance to show you what I know, you know. 
And that may sound smart to think, okay, someone you know was able to say that, but it also took it takes someone that has the confidence to be able to do that, knowing that you don't have the experience that is required, but yet you applied. Of course, you expect that this will just scheme and you know take your CVs away based on a particular metric, you know, a particular query that they had, you know, sorting the CVs. But for them to still call you, even after going through your CV and knowing that you don't have that amount of years and yet you apply, it implies that they want to know something else about you. They might, based on your experience that you listed out, the skills that you listed out, they might actually be interested in your skills rather than the amount of years that you have. So, and now, they are now banking on that confidence that you have to have sent in your CV, your, your resume, even where you know you don't have an, uh, the sufficient amount of years. So, it's on you now to show that confidence. So, in this case I'm talking about now, is about confidence. So, you might not really have that amount of years, but you have the confidence. And you have the skill, a skill that is akin to what they are looking for. Of course... I'm not saying that if you are looking for a job and you don't have the amount of years that because of confidence you're just pushing your CV, your resume there thinking, okay, I have confidence they're going to take me. No, it also depends on the amount of skills that you have. What skills do you have? What capacity do you have? If you think you have the capacity that they are looking for and you don't have the amount of years, send in your resume. You might have a chance to be called. You might be called for an interview. And then when you get to the interview, it's now on you to impress them with your skills. Tell them what you can do. Give them out your portfolio and stuff like that. And if they call you anyway, it means they're interested in you. That's the number one thing that you have to understand. If an employer calls you knowing that you don't have the sufficient amount of years, but yet you applied and they called you, that means they're expecting something from you. They're already, you already, you know, a particular level higher than the rest. So... In this case, I'm talking about having confidence when you apply for a job, even though you don't have the amount of years. Uh, experience shouldn't be about years alone, and it's not about years alone. It also has to do about it also has to do with skills. So if you have the skills and you don't have the years, forget about the years. Talk more about your skills. That is where your strength lies. And if you have the years and you don't have the skills, man, them so hold on to your years. It's gonna work for you. <laughs> so, but as an employer, also looking out for those that have the amount of years they are looking for in terms of experience, I think they or should be smart and open to know that years sometimes don't cut it. Someone might have the amount of years, but they might still not have the capacity, the capability that you need to get the job done. But someone that has a lesser amount of years might have the capacity and the capability to get the job done. The important thing is to get the job done. So, and much more important also is that person having confidence to apply even when they don't have the amount of years. So confidence plays in here and skills plays in here and not just age, not just amount of years that has to count for experience. So that is my thought right now. And um, I think, uh, you know, I think it makes sense for someone to, you know, reason in that direction. And so um, thank you for listening and um, see you in the next one. Peace. Okay, welcome again. Welcome to this episode. So, I said something about uh, you don't know what you don't know. And you only know as much as you know. And I talked about the importance of uh, hiring someone that is better than you. Now, I know that to some extent that would have set up something, you know, somewhere. Someone thinking that maybe the idea is not so, so strong, you know, for them to consider. You know, given the fact that... uh, a lot of times people don't hire those who know more than them you know maybe depending on what they want depending on the position that they actually want to be filled so in that case i want to talk about the flip side which is the opposite which is hiring those that don't know more than you and i also talk about the importance of doing that 
Now, this is not like a contrary opinion or something that is contrary to what I said before, but this is something that is also line by line what I said before about hiring those that are nobody than you. Now, there are cases whereby you don't really have to hire someone that knows more than you. And that is the case where, that is what I want to discuss right now. And that happens when you actually need someone that you want to train. You need someone that you want to actually learn a particular thing the way you want it to be done. Now, this is important because there are certain jobs that don't need too much experience or there are certain jobs that don't need too much uh, you know, too much thing to be done around it. You know, you actually want it to be done in a particular way. And of course, that is scary because sometimes that is where robots comes in. Those are the kind of jobs that robots can actually take over. You know, with the speed of light, it's very, very easy for robots to take over that kind of job. But those kind of jobs are jobs whereby you want someone to do exactly the way you want it and not anything above that. You don't want them to think too much on their own. You want them to rely on your idea. You want them to rely on the way you want it to be done. And it's important that that is uh, that is possible, that is needed in some places, in some jobs. You know, there are some jobs, maybe a lot, a lot of times, maybe low-end jobs though, you know, where you need someone to actually work exactly the way you want it. So in, in those cases, you might have to hire someone that you are better than so that you can coach them, so that you can direct them to the way you like to do your things, to the way you want to run your things. Especially, this is uh, important where you have repetitive jobs, you know, jobs whereby those people are not expected to think on their own, or they are not expected to actually make extra research, but rather you want them to work in your confines the way you want the job to be done. And it is okay, it is okay. For you as a boss, if you want to do that, depending on the kind of jobs, but if you're talking about a job that has to move the company forward, a job that has to triple your, you know, your revenue, a job that has to take the company global, <laughs> you definitely need someone that knows more than you in certain field. But when you just want a job to be kept, a routine job to be done, then maybe you don't need someone that has so much idea. You don't need someone that has so much potential. You don't need someone that can experience, express a lot of experience because you might start thinking, okay, they might be expensive to handle, they might be expensive to keep, but if you get someone that is a low-end, you know, someone that you know much more than, and then you are going to train them to what you want them to do, then it will be easier for you to get those, and it will be easier for you to manage those, it will be easier for you to, you know, keep those, because they are playing directly under your rules. You are telling them what to do, they are doing what you want them to do, but for them, if they are listening to this or if anyone is in that capacity, you have to know that if that is your case, if you are in that shoe, then it means if your job can be repeated, if your job can be done easily because you are told exactly what to do, someone else also can be told that same thing to do. And that means you are dispensable at the click of you know at the click of a button. It doesn't mean that every other person is not dispensable. What I'm trying to say is that your job can actually be taken over tomorrow by a robot. Because if a robot comes around tomorrow, if the company becomes huge, that they're able to acquire robots, they can simply program the robot to do exactly what you are doing, and you are gone. So, and as for a boss, it's also it's good for you because you think you're going to cut costs because those that will fit in those kind of shoes might not really cost much to keep. Uh, and those that will actually be able to think of their feet, be smart and be smarter than you might actually require more to keep in terms of, uh, you know, 
give remuneration and all of that. So it's kind of a little bit biased way of thinking to think that you have to get those that you're always better than because you want to train them, you know, the way you want. Of course, this is not to say that it's a bad thing. No. You know, we have people that go on management training and all of that. You know, company takes you and they train you on what they want you to do. But what you realize is that a lot of times those people that work in those positions, maybe give them a few years, they are going to leave that company. Because eventually they will realize that what they are doing is just within a set of rules. And that thing might just be important for that company that they are working on or that, or that you are working at. And might not be very, very relevant outside there unless if it's a similar company. You know, let's say you are in F- FMCG and you are trained at the management training in that field, you know, a particular way of running things, you know, their cycles and all of that. You know, you might get very better at that and it will be difficult for you to transition to another business if you don't do it on time. And that is why a lot of people, when they stay at the company for some time, they want to flip. They flip to a different company so that they can start, you know, varying their capacity. Or even within the same company, they might start seeking for a different role. You know, that is when they wake up to the fact that what they are doing is a limited capacity. They will start seeking a different, you know, a different role in that same company when there's another opening somewhere else they want to apply, you know, so that they can expand their capacity, their horizon, which is smart seem to do, by the way. And those who are not able to do that are those or who don't, you know, feel the uh, need to do that might actually leave the company to a different company. But they also get a little bit of restriction because a lot of times that skill might only be very, very important or needed in a different company that has to do with, that has to do something that is related to the one you are coming from. And that is where experience comes in, which is great for you if you are going to work in the same kind of company because your experience will become handy somewhere else. They might not pay you much more than the other one is paying you since you are coming in now with experience. But the important here is that for you that is hiring and you're hiring someone that you want to train, it is good for you. It is good for you to do that if you want to do that. It depends on the kind of job you're hiring that person to do. And it's going to be cheaper for you. It's going to be within budget for you. Good. But if you want someone that is of the higher echelon, someone that you expect to leave something to, someone that you expect to have minimal supervision over, you want them to help you boost your bottom line. You want them to help you, you know, push or take the company to a greater level, you know, go global or become, you know, a global force or to dominate the market, to beat over, you know, to take over the market, to beat the competition and all of that. You can't rely on those that you know much more than. You can't rely on those that you only tell what to do and they do it. No, you rely on those that you can rely to do something even without you telling them. Those that can take initiative, those that can be smart on their own, those that can make ideas right on their feet and come up with something great. So that is why it is very, very important. You have to rely on those that are better than you in those cases. And uh, when you don't want someone that to you know do a very big job, then you can rely on those that you are better than. Then you can take them in, train them to do exactly what you want them to do. But don't expect them to be there forever. Expect that they will leave someday very soon as merely they start noticing that their job has a limitation. They might want to leave. So you have to give them some room as well. If you want them to stay, you have to give them some room to start expressing themselves at a certain stage. Because when someone doesn't feel that they have a say in what they are doing, they feel limited. And when someone feels limited, the person might actually still be in the job because they need the money, but eventually they will start looking for alternate alternative because they want to feel like they are bringing their own input and their inputs have been respected. So that is what I have to say about that. So, but it's good also to get people that you want to train to do exactly what you want them to do, 
but it's also better if you get someone that already knows how to do it that is where experience plays in a lot of people have experience a lot of companies are looking for experience and it comes handy in those areas so i'll talk more about experience in the next episode uh thank you for listening and um i'll see you in the next one